This episode of the podcast is brought to you by cleaning your ears out with cotton swabs, even though the directions clearly say don't do that. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Frank, I'm always Zach. hosted, always being co-hosted by Zach. I'm Zach. That's Zach. I'm here. Uh, you're peer. Uh, <laughs> I'm a peer. <laughs> uh, today we are doing 2019's oh, yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Yeah, which I said we were going to do, and then we did it. And so now we're doing job, it. Frank. Uh, <laughs> you really stepped up to the plate really, of keeping your word. Yeah, you know, you can't say. I, you can't say. Don't say I ever know. I, didn't, I never I can't did anything see. for you. <laughs> um, Zach, give us the rundown, and All then right. I'll give you the plot. Cool. So, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, 2019, directed by Celine... Sizama? Sizama. Sizame. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, French. So this is a French it. movie. It is French. So allow me to butcher some names again. Uh, so your main character is Nome Melant, who is, I think she's the main character. Marianne is the main character. I would, I would agree. Yeah, she's the main character. You have Adele Hanel. Adele. Ooh. Hello from She's the other rolling side. in the deep in here. <laughs> <laughs> the two songs we know by her. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she plays Heloise. 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 Hello, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I had to like look up like how to pronounce her name. Yeah. Uh, and and you then, still fucked it up. Yeah, I still did. And then the only other person that really kind of matters in this is. Um, the paintbrush, yeah. played by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> the board itself, played by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> no, uh, Luana Bagarimi? Bagar- oh, that's not Italian. Yeah, I know, a little bit. Sophie, uh, right? Yeah, Sophie. Yeah. Uh, she is kind of like the minor character to it, but yeah. she plays way more. Of a- she has her own shit going on in this film, yeah. and we'll get into it. Yeah. But, yeah, man, she's important, though. She's very important. She got a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, and... If you haven't seen this film, I don't know what you're doing with your life because <laughs> I stand by that this was probably this this was like top five favorite movies of last year for me. This definitely, although I I don't, I did see it in 2020 mm-hmm. because um, I don't know it just didn't get like a like a straight like a straight up national nationwide del, uh, release. Yeah, I forget what we were going to see. I think it was um, Parasite. And they showed the trailer for this, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, yeah, this looks very interesting." Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was. I saw it this year, but technically speaking, it it fell under the 2019 bracket. But yeah, so. I saw it today. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, so this is a film about Marianne who is brought to an island to paint a wedding portrait of Heloise, mm-hmm. um, who is getting married off by her mother. But Heloise refuses to pose or model for any of her portraitures so she doesn't believe in the marriage right so marianne is kind of brought onto this island in secrecy she's not brought onto the island in secrecy but her 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 real purpose is a secret Mm -hmm. because she's told or heloise is told that she's brought on the island just to kind of be like a a partner and like to go on walks with and just just kind of like just a friend kind of and so but so marianne then has to paint her in secrecy uh, off of memory and then kind of what you have here is a film that patiently observes the unfolding of a romance that is forbidden 
mm-hmm. between Marianne and Hey Louise. Yeah, because I believe this film takes place in the 18th century, like right at like I think it's like 1760, 1750ish. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, so um and it's pretty claustrophobic, I would say, for the most part, like it's not the you know, there's there for the most part it's like there's kind of like three sets. It's like they're in the house, they're on the beach. They're walking by the mountain. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's, that's it. kind of it. But yeah, I mean, first off, I guess I, I was pretty, I was pretty vocal. Of just I love the film. I don't know how, what your opinion is, man. I really liked it. Like uh, a lot of like the the shots and the direction that the director took in terms of like framing everything was really beautiful. The like, whole film looks gorgeous, stunning. Like every single from, scene from the beginning. When Marianne is on the boat and you just see like everything, just water and like yeah. you see the the island kind of come into frame, gorgeous shot when she gets to the house first off and like she's drying off because she jumped in to grab her fucking portrait Canvas. board. Yeah, which the portrait board. That's it. And <laughs> kind of the same thing. <laughs> uh, yes, the canvas. Which, how the fuck does that just fall out and she doesn't notice it? You know, it's wavy. It's choppy. Oh, so all of a sudden just makes no sound and it's in the water? Is <laughs> it <laughs> so like, oh, I got it. It's in my hand. Looks up for a second. Oh, it's five miles out in the water. <laughs> right, you're being a little dramatic. I am. But the, the framing of the shot, too, when, like, after she jumps in and she's in the house... And she gets unchanged, and she's just laying there by the fire and oh, like yeah. drink. Or no, she's smoking her pipe. Yeah, I thought that was a great shot. It's a really, really good shot. She's also nude. She is nude. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. Some hairy armpits. Hairy armpits. A little, little bush. Little bush. See, a, little, a little tiny. They bush. also get really high. Yes, <laughs> because I was like, towards the ending of the movie. Yeah, I would say like third act probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, hey, look, here, here's this plant that apparently makes you fly. And I was like, that's fucking LSD or like weed or yeah, shrooms or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, and then they and they use it. They like um, go into the armpits yeah, with it. Yeah, they like rub it into their skin. So it's kind of like that slow high. Mm. The the five-year-old me enjoyed that um, they were pretending that it was a vagina yeah, while going into the armpit. The, the yeah, armpit. Yeah, yes, yeah. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's a five-year-old me yeah. comedic act right there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this movie was actually filmed in 8K, not, you know, like 4K is like, um, like TVs are 4K. They mm-hmm. now have 8K. That's so a thing. it's better. It's better. Ooh. It's 8,000 times more. Um, then what? So that's why I think the movie is so just stunning because that 8K, I think, really helps kind of preserve as much color as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you get like the crazy blue sky mm-hmm. and the crazy blue water and just everything just looks so saturated. Not like to the point where it looks unnatural. It looks ve- I think everything looks very, very natural. I think the color palette in this film is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I think the color grading in this movie was beautiful. Um, I think but, for a painting movie, it really fits it very well. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's a good point. Um, and then just overall like it just i don't know like it just made everything just seem so lively i Mm -hmm. guess um because i saw this in theaters so i had like a really nice like big screen to like look at everything and i mean basically from the opening shot i was just like jaw dropped i mean you know well the opening scene is actually kind of like cool where it's just like the hand going over the canvas yeah and like the credits rolling but like the real real opening shot of like her in the ocean and all that i mean Mm -hmm. i was just like wow this movie looks stunning Mm -hmm. and 
I mean, again, I watched the, I watched the film. I don't know a couple of days ago on a decent TV, 4K <laughs> TV, and it still looked beautiful. So yeah, I mean, the movie's gorgeous. Yeah, it absolutely is. And there, the one thing that I like, I want to bring up too, which I absolutely loved about this film, is the use of music or so much like the lack, the lack of, of. Yeah, I think because you really don't get like any form of music until maybe like again three fourths of the way in and it's really just like people singing for a couple of minutes yeah but there was one specific scene and that was when marianne and heloise were like starting to kind of get to know each other and heloise asks for a book Mm -hmm. and marianne goes into her room and she's trying to find it before she comes over and like sees Sees that she's actually like all that yeah. yeah that she's painting her Mm -hmm. and just the fact of like no music whatsoever no real sound and just the heels that she's wearing for like shoes hitting like the old school wooden floors yeah made for like a really like tense scene it's really tense it was it was only like three seconds yeah it was a tense (laughs) scene for no reason other than like oh fuck like you can hear him coming yeah yeah and I thought like that was really well done. The fact that like this entire movie has no music to it and you're just kind of like there with them. Like it doesn't feel like it's a movie. It feels like it's a documentary, but you're filming it Yeah, almost mm-hmm. where like you're just with them. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that aspect of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, another really amazing thing about this film. I thought the dialogue in this movie is uh, like some of my favorite dialogue in recent memory. A lot, of, uh, a lot some, of quotes. Have, there's so many quotes. A lot of quotes from film. this movie that I wrote down. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna drop some, drop some knowledge of ones that you loved. Because I have my personal favorite, mm-hmm. which was the one where she, um, Heloise is speaking to Marianne, and she says, "In solitude, I felt the liberty you spoke of, but I also felt your absence." And uh, th- I thought that was really because you know Marianne's trying to kind of like convince her that you know go out by yourself. Yeah. You know, you have to kind of like love yourself and all that kind of, and and then she kind of says like, yeah, I I understand. I, I kind of felt the liber like the liberation that you were saying, but I really really missed you a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know these French these the, these French really know how to write great dialogue. <laughs> the French <laughs> they're so romantic. A one writing. <laughs> it's so romantic. Yes. Well, it's yeah. You know, it's the place of love. It is the place of love. Uh, one of my favorite ones was when. They're like when the mistress or the madam, whatever the the mom goes away mm-hmm. for like the week where she's like, I don't know, I'm gonna fuck off the set because like you guys have to build character development here. Right. So when it's just like Sophie, Haloise, and um, Marianne, and they're all just like sitting around, and Haloise is uh, reading off the story of Orpheus and Eudicius. Nope, Eurydice. Eurydice. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I, that, that I have a. I have a point to make about I've, that. I figured you did, you fucking <laughs> anytime artsy you got fuck. Greek, anytime you got Greek mythology in a movie, I'm there. Yes, but uh, one of my favorite quotes was like when they were talking about that and then when it got to the point of him looking away in the story mm-hmm. and they bring up the fact of like n- making a choice. Oh, uh, the lover's choice. Yes, so the, the lover's choice, which was uh, he doesn't make the lover's choice, but the poet's choice. Yeah. And I thought that was a really great line. Yeah. Um, 
And then there's one, a really well, can I do one more? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, more towards says, the end. Fuck you, Frank. I'm like, huh, <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> I understand. That was my other favorite quote. <laughs> no, um, when when it's at the end, more so, uh-huh. and they're finishing like the portrait, and Haloise asks Mary Ann, like, when do we know it's finished? And Mary Ann just simply replies, at one point it just stops. Yeah. And I thought that was a great line just for like not so much not not really just like the portrait itself but also like the relationship that's building and what goes on yeah there is a lot in this movie a lot a lot of foreshadowing oh, and yeah. symbolism and metaphors mm-hmm. uh it's just steeped with it i mean there's it's a very there, subtle movie you know and that right so like this isn't this is a very very uh, character-driven film. The characters don't... They speak very softly. And carry a big stick. <laughs> They're Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been shot. Continue speech. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, uh, it's slow. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely, like, a slower film. Um, and, like I said, like, they speak softly. They, there's a, they, they pause in their sentences they they really you know there's almost like a like a choreography and like a dance going on between the two mm-hmm. with words no with actually with more like gestures i would say more cuz be, i would actually say that this film speaks louder with its with the with the character's eyes and mm-hmm. and, and and movements and how they watch one another and how they how they move and how they kind of you know feed off of one another with their gestures um and i thought that was actually really really impressive because although the dialogue i'm praising this film is really really great with visual just like straight up like visual storytelling yeah where again like in the like the first hour or so is her refusing to want to pose and they don't really know each other that well and they're kind of sort of playing that balancing act of I'm sort of falling for you, but I can't say that to you because I don't know you yet or anything, you know, and they're, and, and they don't know each other really. And I think that kind of plays in part to the first portrait that is painted mm-hmm. where Heloise kind of says like, this is how you see me. And she's like, yeah, uh, well, you know, and then I think there's a really important line where she kind of goes on about how there's like rules and there's, there's like, she, I don't remember exactly which, what she says, but she basically says that there's like rules to painting mm-hmm. and, um, and Eloise is kind of just like, I look so lifeless and I look yeah. like, you know, not me, not me at all. And, and I think that's kind of like metaphorical of like their relationship because they don't really know each other yet. Right. So how can she paint? Yeah, you know, because like I, one thing that keeps getting mentioned is how she hasn't seen her smile. Mm-hmm. So she's painted her before she's seen her smile, and it's kind of like her thinking, like you know, I, I, the way I'm taking it was like, how can you paint somebody to their fullest if you don't truly know, know them? Mm-hmm. And obviously seeing somebody smile and laugh and all that is very important to, mm-hmm. to, in getting to know somebody. Um, so I think that's kind of like a point where, you know, that's kind of like the, the iceberg, right. Where like the tip of the iceberg, where like, okay, now 
everything. Now we're going to get deeper, right? Now we're going to get the rest of it because the mom leaves. Yeah. And, and then, now they can kind of be free and yeah, enjoy and themselves. And then she agrees to pose for her, which is a really, really big deal. And that's, and that's kind of like the blossoming of their mm-hmm. relationship. Um, and then obviously once you get further in to that relationship and then you see the second portrait and they kind of like finish it together. Yeah. And it looks it's way, way better and it's way different. And you can see like the emotion and the, and it just feels so much more like mm-hmm. Heloise. And you mentioned that right before we started that the first one looked like Ray from Star Wars. No, 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 no. I'm saying that Mary. Oh, Halo- I, no, I think oh. Mary Ann, the painter, while she was painting her, I thought she kind of looked like, like Ray when, like, when she was when uh, Heloise was posing for her, and she had like her her cloth on thing. She to, like, just protect her. chokes her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna make a point too, like with the when Mary Ann like stumbles upon the portrait beforehand. Oh, where like the, no the painter, face. yeah, the painter couldn't figure out like how to put the face on there. Yeah. One, I thought that was a great shot. Yeah. Uh, two, I thought that was a excellent kind of again foreshadowing of like who Halloween's kind of is. Yeah, and it's almost uh, sorry to cut you off, but I, I noticed how it's almost like it's kind of like a like a scene that almost seems like it would be like in a horror film. Well, that's the thing. The too, way that like, like she uncovers it and yeah. like her like face of just like. Horror of like, oh my god! I yeah, what is this? <laughs> well, that's why too, because if like if you watch the trailer, it does kind of come off a lot more of a horror movie or a suspense movie rather than a romance film. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's very weird. I don't know if that was like mismarketed so like it would capture people's attention, but like all the scenes throughout the movie that like kind of seemed like a horror esque type thing, like when. Marianne seeing like the vision of like her in white, like kind of knowing that like, okay, like it's coming soon that she's going to be married and they can't be together. And then when they first meet and like, she comes down the stairs and just sees like this hooded figure and then runs out the door. Yeah. That was all in the the trailer. And I was like, you like weren't quite um, sure. Yeah. This uh, looks different than what (laughs) I'm actually watching. Yeah. But one of my favorite shots too, back to like a metaphor was when Marianne decides to burn the original painting. And as she's kind of got, like, the candle over it, it doesn't light until, like, it hits, it's like, right around the heart, yeah. yeah, of the painting. And to me, that really just symbolized where it's, like, the person that did it beforehand just didn't have any, like, soul or passion in the project. Yeah, it was more like they were just doing, doing it, it because for that's commission, their job. Right, it's, like, their job, but uh, Marianne is doing it because... Because they love each other. Yeah. So what a pure romance. It's it's really good, <laughs> man. Like this movie kind of choked me up the first time that I saw it in theaters. And I know Jess when she's when we were I looked over at her and she had you know she wasn't like bawling her eyes out, but she definitely had like the tears going mm-hmm. um, because the film is sad. I oh, mean, absolutely. it kind of you know I mean it's it really is sad because and and the thing is it's, you know yeah, you know that it's coming. Like like you know that you're watching this this relationship blossom into something quite beautiful, but you also know that there it that it's extremely finite and there is a time frame on it and you it's basically 5 days. Yeah. They basically and, have 2 weeks to fall in love with each other and then be together and then realize that they can't be together anymore. Yeah. And, um, I think 
that does kind of play into the whole Orpheus and Eurydice thing. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with that story. I but know. I mean they kind of give you the, the the gist of it um in the film. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like Orpheus is a he's like a I believe he's like a singer and a poet mm-hmm. and and he helps out Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> oh, that's Morpheus. <laughs> that's Morpheus. <laughs> um, so uh, he's like a singer and a poet and he is. I believe he does marry her mm-hmm. and he, 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 he's marrying Eurydice. They get married and I, I believe she's kind of like out and about doing like her own thing and she gets bit by a snake and killed like the venomous snake. It kills her okay. and then she goes down to the underworld and then Orpheus is like, I need to get her back. So mm-hmm. then he travels into the underworld and then he talks to Hades and Hades is like, no, I'm not giving you her back. And then he's like, well, how about I sing you a song? And then he like sings him like the most beautiful song ever heard by man kind of. And then Hades is like, okay, fine. Like, <laughs> here you go. Yeah, have her. You, you have her. Like, you know, like you, 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 uh, you persuaded me. Um, and then he sends her out and then he, you know, but there's like that one condition where you can't look back at her mm-hmm. until you guys kind of like reach the surface of you get out of, uh, hell. Mm-hmm. And um, Orpheus looks back before they reach because he can't help but he, to look he, at his love. I I don't I, I think it's more of the fact that like he's he's losing hope that she's really there because he can't hear her footsteps anymore. So he 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 kind of gets like frustrated and and he decides I need to like look back at her. And then he looks back, she's there, and then she gets taken away, and then he's sent on his life mm-hmm. living without her. Um, and I think that it's definitely like if in this situation, I mean, again, I'm not going to say that this whole film is, is a Greek story, but it is definitely like a tragedy. It's definitely yeah. like a Greek tragedy. But in this story, I would say that Marianne kind of is Orpheus in this situation. I mean, she literally travels the ocean. Like she, she literally mm-hmm. like goes across the ocean to see her, you know? And then you have her like in this, you know, when she is getting married or you know when she you know the fact that she is getting married off and then she keeps having these visions of her in like that white dress and then there is the foreshadowing because they, they're reading that story and then right mm-hmm. at the end when she's running down the stairs after they say goodbye to one another she's like holding back her tears and she like gives her like that really like you can you can just feel how how like strong that hug was but yes, also how absolutely. short it was yeah because they didn't want to make it look like it was something else. Right. So then she's running down the stairs and then she tells her to like, look back and then she sees her for like that one last time. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like the last image that she'll ever have of her. And I thought it was a really, really clever. I like, I read, well, not clever, just a really, really good shot mm-hmm. of her looking back at her and then the door closing and then it just goes to black. And I thought that, I mean, again, it was just, I thought it was like a really, really powerful whole, like, it's kind of like playing the long game. It's like, yeah. you know, we, we set that story up where they're like talking about it and negotiating it. And then it's kind of like what really does happen. I was under the impression that there was no one else on this island. No, there's people. Well, around. they didn't mention that. So when they go to this party, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Who let all these people on my island? <laughs> um, and also Sophie, though. Sophie's important. I think, she I think is. we should talk about her. Yeah, she has a lot of shit that's going on. Besides being on the island for three years as basically like the maid. Yeah, she's the maid. Um, you also come to find out that she has like the side story where she's pregnant and doesn't want to keep the child. Right. So they're kind of like going on this journey together to try and basically abort 
the baby? Not basically. That's what. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that is technically in all aspects what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it really like brings them all together. Yeah, and I think that there's something to be said about. I mean, look, this is 110 percent of. I don't know if I would call it a feminist film, but it's definitely like a pro women film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, this is definitely not, uh, we say this a lot, but this really isn't a movie for everyone. Like you, you have I to would really, agree. I would agree that you have to really be in the mindset where it's like, you want to watch something like this yeah. and you have to be like open to the ideas that are going on. Right. But yeah, I think that I, I have to imagine that, you know, back in 1750 or 60, whenever this movie is really like the actual date of this film, uh, takes place. Abortion is probably uh, not super illegal. Yeah, like like not. uh, You know, it's definitely frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was actually like a really, really interesting thing that they do, where she gets well. A that it's just a powerful scene because when Sophie is getting the abortion, the baby is lying right next to her, and she once it's all said and done, like she looks over and she sheds like a tear, almost like she regrets what she's done. Yeah, man, that's a that's an intense scene. Yeah. That's like really just I thought it was a, I thought it was really really well done. And then they decide to recreate it. Yes, and for they decide a drawing. To, yeah, and they decide to paint it or draw it. I think it was paint. Um and I thought that was really interesting because I felt like that was kind of like them going. So I I would say that this whole film the characters are kind of going against the societal standards and I think that this is kind of why I'm saying that I think that it's kind of like pro, you know, female uh, feminism kind of where because it's like these these really, really strong uh, female characters are going against society uh, when it comes to the love story and then also the abortion. So I thought that it was really clever where they where they decided to recreate it and then paint it mm-hmm. as like to remember and to have them, I don't know. I just thought I thought it was just kind of like them acknowledging the simple fact that they are going against society and that they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and they they wanted to paint it to like memorialize it. Yeah. I thought I thought that was really clever, and I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how did you feel? Because in the in the theaters, mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of chuckled <clears throat> because I thought it was kind of corny, and I saw I watched it again, and I still have my. I still find it a little corny, but it also makes for a really powerful scene. But that is like when they're all at the around the bonfire and the and the women start singing. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Because that's the first instance of like music in the movie. Well, except and for when she plays her on the piano. I yeah, which which comes back to play at the absolutely, end. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> and we'll get to that. But like, I thought it was a very odd scene. I I felt like it was a little out of place. I think my issue with it was that. It sounded, it sounded so studio, like it sounded like they recorded it in a studio and it didn't sound like they were really outside singing. So you have like this extremely like well-polished studio soundtrack going on instead of just seven people just singing, just singing. out of tune yeah, but trying well, to get into tune. Like <laughs> even if it was at, like even if it was in tune, like, just like how it how it um kind of plays over the scene where like it you can just tell that it was like a studio recording mm-hmm. and it wasn't a them like live singing 
Yeah, um, absolutely. But I also acknowledge that I think I think that if you get past that, mm-hmm. I think it does make for like a pretty intense scene. Yeah, because again, like it starts up and you're almost like again like a horror scene <laughs> yeah and i was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and yeah, because like the the initial the, they kind of just start with like this like i don't even know what you would call it it's not a hum it's just like a like it's, really long it's, just, a, it's a hum is it a hum i, I don't put know. in here humming oh, okay <laughs> but it does it the scene that follows it is great because then you see Louise like in front of the fire and walks over and then the dress is on fire and it's like hey louise hey hey yeah, you might yeah, want to yeah. look over a little yeah. bit but um, but it was also like a really great scene because like beforehand when they were still getting to know each other and they were playing the piano and they were talking about like how hey Louise has never heard like orchestra music right. she's only heard like what would you call it? like the organs from like church yeah yep. which is they said like more of like a dreary more of kind of like a very somber yeah. sound and this is more like orchestra is very passionate and very like emotion driven yeah and this was kind of like the first instance where she got to hear actual orchestra-like music from all these people just singing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cool. And then very hilarious right afterwards where like somebody comes over to like pat her down and she just immediately falls. Kind of like falls, (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so I really liked um, getting more towards the end where they Mm -hmm. do end up having, when they finish the actual portrait and the realization that well, their it's time more, is coming to an end. Yeah, their time is coming to an end. They finish it. Uh, and I like that they finish it together. And I mm-hmm. and I, I would say that the reason as to why Heloise kind of like agrees to model for her is because I think that she wanted to have this memory with her. Because mm-hmm. they both, again, like they both know that this isn't going to last forever. So she wanted to, ha- she wanted to pose for her. And I think like, fin- like them finishing that portrait together and, you know, Marianne giving her the brush and then letting her actually like, you know, make some strokes and then literally them finishing it together is kind of like, we made this. And then every time that she looks at it, she'll always remember her. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was really beautiful. And then of course you get to the point where, she draws Marianne draws herself mm-hmm. like a self portrait in the book that Hey Louise is reading page 28 and that, yeah. And it's on page 28. Um, and then that comes back to play. Like uh, you, I, there's, I, there's so many foreshadow, like there's so many yeah. things that are planted. Like when, you know, like she's playing that, um, that little piano mm-hmm. that comes, that comes back towards the end. The Orpheus thing comes back. Uh, the the page twenty eight comes back like there's so many things that are planted in this movie that always come back to play and it, I think it was done so well like it's not done in like a corny or cheesy way like no. it's all done really really well yeah it everything like in the beginning is all perfectly set up and has perfect meaning to what happens at the very end yeah and I honestly like almost choked up a little bit when we got to like the ending and. Mary Ann is like looking through the gallery and she sees the portrait of Heloise and now she has a child. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, because you see the look on her face and then she looks down and sees that she's holding open page 28. Yeah. Like just just the tip of the the, book. the corner. Yeah. And I was like, and you see the smile on her face and you're like, wow, like that, that she never forgot about her and it is kind of like this almost beautiful disaster type situation yeah i think that the the page thing kind of is like 
because look, look so uh, there's this whole thing about like artists so it's called apparently i didn't i didn't know that but doing research apparently there's this thing called the gaze the g-a-z-e not g-a-y-s <laughs> so in, oh <laughs> so gaze like with your eyes like gazing yeah. at something um, apparently in portraits, uh, painters, they, there's like this really, really big thing about the gaze of, of, uh, of, of a painting mm-hmm. and the eyes of them. And I thought it was kind of interesting because the way I took that scene was kind of like Marianne is looking at Heloise, but Heloise is not looking back at her because it's a painting, mm-hmm. right? So she can't like see her. But I thought, I think that like her having that corner lifted up and that page 28 being shown, it's kind of like her being like, I see you, like, Mm -hmm. I remember you, like, and I'm never going to not see you. Yeah. Kind of. I kind of got more of, I I mean, I agree with you, but I got more of like where even though like I have a child and I have a husband and everything like that, like you still are my true love. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, so again, like I kind of told you how before we, I think when I recommended the film, uh, I, I told you how the, it almost feels like there's like three endings in this movie where like, or at least like three points where they could have ended it. Um, so the first point of my, the first ending and I, and I would almost say that it is almost an ending within the film is the, the whole like Orpheus thing when she runs down the stairs and then says mm, goodbye yes. and then, you know, or, you know, she says turn around and look at me and then she sees her. And then I think that is, that is the end. That is the end of their story together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like an ending within itself. And then I felt like that page 28 could have been an ending too. Like mm-hmm. she's, she's just at that gallery. She sees it. Uh, and then also she does like the painting of Orpheus. Yes. And But it's like them looking at one another mm-hmm. and like them falling. So metaphor. <laughs> uh, I do like too that she, in the beginning, like she has painted a portrait of a lady on fire. Right. And that is supposed to signify Hey Louise right. from when they were at the bonfire. Yes. Uh, and then the true ending is, you know, when she, they're both sitting on the balcony at the orchestra and Heloise sees, no, Marianne sees Heloise sitting on the other side. Heloise doesn't see her, but she's watching her watch the orchestra for mm-hmm. the first time. This is her first, I, I would imagine that this would be her it, first it time there, right? And, and you see her getting choked up a little bit. And you see her getting like, I mean, like just pouring her eyes out because it's so a they're playing the song that mm-hmm. she played for her and then also it's like the first time that she's seeing an orchestra and all the emotions are just like coming like swelling um and that's the end yeah i mean though i think the final line is saying like i saw because it's like i saw her one last time and it was she didn't when, see me well yeah so yeah and then she says and she didn't see me sorry did i cut you off Man, from, you were fine. gonna make a point weren't you no 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 it's fine it's fine zach uh, but overall, yeah, I thought this was a really, really great movie. Um, yeah, I mean, for for a very, like, slow-paced, like... Slow um, burn. Yeah, it's a slow burn movie, but, like, for a slow-paced romance film, like, I really found myself, like, enjoying, like, their interactions and, like, the character development of these three women. Yeah. Um, that's really it. Yeah, that's really it. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I, was, mm-hmm. I always get nervous when I recommend movies. Just, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I recommend movies sometimes, too, yeah, and it doesn't always go over <laughs> that well, does it, Frank? No. Boy, should we refer back to the... Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. There's The Divide. Hmm. Yeah, that one anything didn't go by Guillermo well. del Toro. Yep, anything by Guillermo del Toro, apparently. Where was that fucking one 
that one string of movies that you hated. What was it? I don't you remember. remember. You I, don't remember. Do I know. You? I don't. I remember hating like oh, three Melancholia. of your films. Oh, Melancholia. That one sucked. We hated that one. You didn't like Princess Mononoke either. That I much. thought it was all right. Yeah, I bet you did. Hmm. What else? Yesterday we didn't like. No, I hated that movie. Yesterday was all right. Never let me go. You didn't. I like. hated that movie. Ugh, you fucking dick. Uh, the man who fell from Earth. You didn't like the that one. Trash. Uh, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> weird is good. Bronson. You didn't like Bronson that Bronson much. Bronson is all right. I pick good movies. You pick fine movies. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, uh, Frank. You got a recommendation? I do. Okay. So I, I have a recommendation, and it's something that you originally would, would you uh, originally were making fun of me for, and then you ended up doing <gasps> it. Is it the band? No. Oh. Uh, and that is blue light blocking glasses. So. Oh yeah! If you, <laughs> I still wear mine. So uh, I highly recommend them. Uh, so I do a lot of photo editing on my computer. Uh, oh, obviously we all have cell phones and smartphones. Mm-hmm. And if you're not aware, then there is this blue light that comes off of the screens, and it hurts your eyes. It's not good for your eyes. You'll probably notice that if you're watching TV or on your computer or on your phone for an extended period of time, your eyes feel strained. I actually um, had a headache like on my way here because I watched the the movie without mine on. Yeah, and I, I didn't notice how big of a deal or at least how big of a difference they made mm-hmm. until I started using them and then I stopped using them for like a little while and then I put them back on and I was like, wow. Uh, I You know, I can edit now on my computer for hours mm-hmm. and I have no eye strain at all. Um, you have to definitely be careful though. So I know this doesn't really uh, affect you, but if you are somebody who like me, like edits or something, you do have to realize that they're, they, they sort of change the colors of things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Things kind of seem a little bit, uh, just darker or more, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just you, if you're looking at something and you, and you kind of take them on and take them off, you'll notice mm-hmm. that there is definitely a difference in the way it looks. Um, the brand that I have is I buy direct E Y E by direct. Uh, and for the most part, they seem to have the best blue light blocking where it also doesn't change the image that I'm looking at mm-hmm. so drastically. Um, I know, I think you got yours off of Amazon, right? Uh, I actually got mine in target cause they had like a, a small little line of ones that were there, but the one, the pair that I have now works really, really well. The original pair that I had, I bought off of Amazon and that was more of just like the John Lennon style, like the circle mm-hmm. glasses. Mm-hmm. But like comparatively, the John Lennon ones have basically no blue light filter as opposed to the ones that I use. Yeah, now. and you seem like they're built well. Like I, I, yeah. I, I heard you like put them down on the table one time, and like they sounded like yeah, it's a sturdy, yeah, sturdy pair of glasses. Sturdy, so, uh, so yeah, blue light blocking glasses. I don't care where you get them, but I highly recommend them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. Cool, Zach, Frank, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits. <laughs>